Sun. Welcome to episode 16 of the Balance Theory podcast. Today's guest is a performance expert and keynote speaker who's obsessed with one question. How far can we stretch our genetic limits so we can achieve our maximum potential? She specializes in high performance and she's none other than the wonderful Alessandra Edwards. Today, the big question is what can our DNA tell us and how the hell can we even find that out? So she goes through beyond once you do your little DNA sample, what information it actually tells us and what we can gain from it. So did you know that there are a lot of different genetic types which could explain your tendencies or preferences for certain behaviors? You might be sitting there thinking, well, this might explain different reasons why I'm a certain way or even why my partner's a certain way. And the funny thing is a lot of us think if it's written in our code, does that mean we can't change it? Well, I asked Alessandra this and I was quite fascinated by her response. But I think the most interesting point of this whole conversation is that we all know that we're unique, but when you really break it down into your DNA, you can really extrapolate what diet is probably best for you. You know, are you more of a morning person or a night person? Uh, What are your stress markers? All these different things that will really help you align and understand how to balance yourself on a day-to-day basis. So it's not always as simple as try keto diet or exercise five times a week. It really is about delving a little bit deeper and seeing what your genetic tendencies are and how to lean into those. We also have a really fascinating discussion about how even healthy habits can be likened to addictions like that of alcohol and drugs. So we end on a really, really cool mini discussion about that. And I think that will be a big takeaway for a lot of you. I really hope you enjoy this episode. I know that Alessandra has a book coming out shortly titled The DNA of Performance, which is available for pre-sale on her website, which is linked in the show notes below. So I'll let you guys check that out in your free time. But for now, enjoy. So Alessandra, welcome to the Balance Theory podcast. It's such an honor to have you on the show today. I, um... Thank you. I'm excited when you contacted me because I, I know we've had a couple of encounters you know, outside of this, so I was super excited. <laughs> yeah, no, it's, it's so nice going from having seen you, you know, two years straight speaking at events and now having you on my show. So it's quite, quite a little honor for me personally, but I really appreciate your time. And I can't wait to download all your expertise for all our listeners today. So for everyone tuning in, um, I will let Alessandra tell us all about herself. But essentially, what we're going to be focusing on through the lens of balance is, I guess, how you can not only understand, but maximize your genetic code to really achieve performance. And I think in turn balance, I think once you really fine tune and understand yourself on a deeper level, it really helps you bring everything to some sort of equilibrium that you just understand beyond an average, an average life existence, I suppose. So I will let you explain a little bit more about um, what it is you do and how you even got to doing it. It's such a niche area and something I only really came into contact with once we met. So I'd love for you to share from your point of view. Absolutely, of course. So um, I, I'll just keep my introduction brief, just because sure. you know, I, all you need to know is basically I've got a background in health science and uh, clinical nutrition, and then I've gone on to do further studies in genetics. And um, I actually, before doing this kind of performance work, I ran a clinic. It was a very successful clinic in Melbourne for a very long time, and um, I specialised in uh, quite severe mental health. Uh, issues and uh, chronic conditions. So, you know, anything from really major depression to chronic anxiety, post-traumatic stress disorder, you know, chronic fatigue, all those kind of, you know, big things. And um, 
uh, and I used to work with a, a number of specialists and doctors who uh, were fantastic in what they did. And then with some patients, they will get to a point where they literally were scratching their head. And so the, um, the highly successful treatments that they would normally give, you know, other patients with the same diagnosis just didn't work. So I feel like I, from that perspective, I cut my teeth really in the trenches in terms of, um, you know, there is nothing like working with someone who has, uh, you know, suicidal ideations to get you really focused to help them, you know, come back is a matter of life and death. And, and I'm, I feel super grateful and privileged that I was able to experience that and work with, you know, an incredible number of people who, um, you know, uh, just through certain circumstances. And then, you know, obviously as I found out through genetics, uh, and, uh, and a mismatch between, you know, how they live their lives, and a mismatch between the experiences they had and how they manage their emotional well-being, you know, in terms of their genetics, then sort of resulted in these really stubborn kinds of depressions. And, um, you know, nowadays I am really, really interested in the realm of, you know, I, I call it high performance and I call it high performance because I think it sounds really sexy. So I've, I was always attracted from an early age to, you know, I like, I love formula one, you know, I just love anything that's, that really, if you like, so to me, what Formula One cars do are they are the really the um, the ultimate summary of coordination of incredible effort, work, and knowledge, where you basically mix you know form and function. So I've always been interested in that, and for me, high performance really is is that yeah. So if you like, is what you said is is achieving balance, but then it's going well beyond it's really tapping into uh this incredible capacity that as humans and individuals we have for uh personal power and yeah. i think that very few of us get to live at that level even though there's a gazillion people who you know have a six pack and you know are really fit and have successful businesses but the people that go beyond that and really tap into sort of this source of personal power are i think the real you know, game changes and life changes. So, so that's the work that I do. And that's what I'm fascinated by. And uh, as you said, I utilize um, genetics. So particularly genetic well-being kind of testing as opposed to traditional genetic testing and um, biochemistry. So analyzing a person's, you know, um, biochemistry through testing and then developing strategies that help them really match, you know, their actions yeah, so their what with their DNA, so their character, their who, to their being, so their purpose or their higher why. Yeah. So how did you go from, I guess, let's take it back to when you were dealing with those um, patients who had no other option, it seemed like nothing would work for them, to go from them who seemed almost like, um, you know, right at the bottom of where you could be, to being a high, high performance, you know, was your goal then to take them to sort of a medium point where they were just like managing an average and then to high performance, or was that sort of a two separate developmental stage? Like, did you have to engage in more study to kind of do the high performance stuff and really delve into DNA? I'm just curious how you kind of went from that interest to what you're teaching and, and what you're doing now. 
Yeah. Um, so if you like, that part of my work was purely health. So it was really black and white. So, you know, if someone is suicidal, then you get them basically to a stage where they can manage, you know, with their medication and then continuing on to helping them. Um, you know, regain their mental wellness so that they're not on medication anymore or they really reduce their medication. So uh, generally speaking, you know, those people were not like in the corporate space or business space or it really was just a matter of life and death and just helping people, you know, uh, be well again. Um, My interest into the whole thing and the genetics started on, you know, much earlier than that. Um, but the reason then I got into the, you know, the, the, the high performance stage is that, um, so my husband's a CEO and for years, for years, he's, he'd been telling me like, and asking me, why on earth are you doing this? This is so hard. Like every day you've carried so much responsibility, you know, for someone's life. Um, and you know that there are a gazillion people, poor people in corporate who are stuck, <laughs> don't have any of this knowledge and they're suffering. They're really suffering and they don't know that they're suffering, you know, cause everyone is kind of head down, you know, bottom up. Mm. Um, so it, it was, um, if you like my curiosity was peaked and I, you know, I, I just started to ask him to just introduce me to, you know, a few people to have conversations and, and, and run some surveys. So I got to ask a lot of questions, you know, in the early days. And I started to realize that actually, you know, it doesn't matter if you're a CEO or you're, you're running a, you know, um, uh, you know, a thousand people plus uh, business, at the end of the day, we still, we're all human. We've all got a DNA and we still have to feed ourselves. We have to move, we have to sleep. We have to have purpose in life. So same, 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 yeah. same, except that the, if you like the stack of problems that people presented with, uh, similar you know, changed. Yeah, yeah. Changed from, you know, yeah. Yeah. So this is probably going to be my favorite question and like, what and how can our DNA tell us? So people might be sitting here thinking, okay, that's great. Like I know I've got DNA. I know it's like some sequence inside my body. How does one even go about getting that assessed? And then like, you know, even extrapolating, like what information could that give someone who's curious? Yeah. Um, I, uh, so first I'd like to explain, you know, just in case, um, someone sort of, uh, one of your listeners hasn't really heard about, uh, you know, genomic wellness, that I think that many people possibly still think about genetics as something that has a bit of a dark side, you know, that can basically sort of harbor the, you know, it's like having a crystal ball and it can tell you like, where am I going to die? Or will I get cancer? And, you know, all, all the kind of really heavy things. And so, That is not the kind of testing that we look at um, for a number of reasons that, you know, yes, there are genes called, you know, penetrating genes that, you know, if you have them and you have two copies, you will definitely develop a certain disease. Um, And I I just, I'm more in the realm of empowerment and helping people increase their level of self-efficacy and agency. And I think that, um, you know, I'm not really equipped to help people with that. I'm not a genetic counselor, you know, that does a lot of work in helping people come to terms with the fact that at some point they will develop these terrible illnesses. So I'm more interested in, in helping people understand, okay, look, this is the toolkit that you've been given. 
And, um, you know, my, my son always used to say he'd go to parties and he'd be given a loot bag at, at the end. And sometimes the loot bag was, had all his favorite sweets or little toys. And sometimes, especially if it was a, you know, a girl's party, birthday party, he would just get things like stickers and colored pens and he had no interest in those. So he just developed this thing and I don't know where he heard it where he would say, he would look at it, obviously feel a bit disappointed and go, you know what, you get what you get and you don't get upset. <laughs> so it's the same with sort of the genomics of wellness. So we're given this toolkit and some of us have some really shiny pointing, kind of pointy kind of super sharp tool. Yeah. And yeah. for some of us, you know, we don't have the super sexy tools. Like some of us just get a screwdriver. Okay. You know, some of us, you know, don't get like the amazing chainsaw and all those fancy things. So some of us will stay driving on the suburban roads and others will go to the F1. <laughs> <laughs> That's, right. That's right. So, but what's, so what, what do you glean in terms of the knowledge, you know, in terms of going back to your question is really understanding what this toolkit is. So for example, you can learn a lot about, you know, what, what are your traits? Yeah. What are your tendencies? Say we look at stress do you tend to genetically have you know a really really quick fire response to stress and are specific stresses uh more trigger happy for you than others so you know i know at the moment there's all this whole thing about you know doing ice baths and all that kind of stuff but some people genetically actually really triggers a massive adrenaline response and so and i'm not saying that that's necessarily bad for them to do the ice bath but if they are already in a really stressful environment and they're not sleeping and they're feeling really anxious and there's overwhelm uh, galore, you know, doing the ice bath in the morning is not going to be their best serving behavior mm. in order to enhance, you know, that genetic response. Yeah. So you can find out about the stress. You can actually find out, you know, what's the optimal fuel that you need for your body? What do your genes like, you know, to really thrive with uh, ketosis? Yeah. Um, or are you setting yourself up for long-term consequences of that ketosis? Because actually you have a lot of genetics related to fat metabolism that don't like having a lot of saturated fat in the diet from meat. Mm. And so you might feel really good initially, and then two years down the line, you know, you're like many of the clients who've done, you know, keto for two, three years, and they've, they feel like a shocker. We do all the biomarkers also of their cardiovascular health and everything is out of whack. Their, you know, their gut microbiome is completely decimated. So it gives you that kind of understanding. Should I focus more on plant food-based diets? Should I have high protein diets? Should I have a high carb diet? And it's a bit like, you know, having the car and working out, well, you know, if I use diesel in a non-diesel car, like I don't even know what would happen because I'm not a mechanic, but I imagine at some point something will go wrong. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah, no, I um, yeah. It can also tell you, like, I, I love, I, I mean, I love nut nutrition in terms of both food and also supplements. I think supplements are awesome when they use really well. So it can basically tell you at genetic level what vitamins potentially you're actually going to need more of. Yeah. Mm -hmm. and in some cases, it's enough to tweak the diet. But in other cases, you have so many genes in a specific, related to a specific vitamin that you actually need to do more. So I work with so many clients who have a specific uh, B12 genetic variant. That means that, you know, even if they eat 
red meat every single day, they will still have a deficiency inside the cells. So for them, we need to do injections and they feel amazing within two injections, for example. Mm. It can also tell you um, your power of detoxification, you know, for example. So, you know, we live surrounded by toxicants and we can't go off and live on an island where everything is pristine because it's... If only we were a Kardashian right now and could go hire an island for all our friends. <laughs> yeah, although to be fair, you know, they put so much stuff on their skin that I don't, I don't think True. that... I mean, take the pollution with them. You know, um, you know. Yeah. Yeah. So, so the, uh, so it will tell you, you know, you'll find out, okay, are there certain things that I can do Mm. to, you know, help my liver, you know, work a little bit faster, for example. Yeah. Uh, is this going to impact, you know, for example, as a woman, my estrogen balance, and that's, you know, really relevant in terms of our energy, you know, so many women suffer with their hormones, for example, affects their, you know, their mental health um, for part of the month and, um, you know, it affects their sleep and then that affects how they interact with others, you know, so when they show up at work. There are so many different things that we can look, you know, through the uh, genetics. Also, we can look at, if you like, um, you know, not necessarily the rate of aging in the sense of predicting, you know, how long you're going to live, but we can definitely look at the, the genes of youth that keep, your DNA useful, you know, without many genetic mistakes at DNA level. And if you don't, you know, like me, so you're prone to premature aging, what do we do? Yeah. So how do we uh, introduce specific foods, specific supplements, you know, is exercise going to be the right thing, you know, Mm -hmm. when already, you know, my cells age faster? Yeah. It's fascinating. Yeah. I mean, there's so much um, packed into that. Like it's, it's almost like, um, I feel, I feel as though anyone could really take their life experience to another level with that kind of knowledge. It, it's almost like we've all got this underlying code, shall we say, that could tell us so much about the right way or, or the ways it's more conducive to how we're wired that this sort of understanding could really be, it could really take anyone to the F1 track if you want. um but i know like in in having seen you do a couple talks i know that you do um, break up the genes into different genetic types Um, so can you tell me a little bit about what those types are and and maybe if there's any way people off the bat might have a like understanding as to which type they generally fall in or what that means yeah of course so i i really like you know, I get, I get excited about subjects that then we can make really accessible. Yeah. Because really, uh, I, you know, I mean, even, even with my background, you know, I find it really boring when I go to scientific conferences, it's like, just bring this to life a little bit. So, um, and not everyone can do genetic testing. Right. Uh, so I, I've developed, if you like these different signatures. So I've, there's a, you know, one that let's talk about, you know, we'll talk about like the stress signature. Okay. And so basically what you can do with the stress signature, you can just, just by me asking you a few questions, you can already start working out, you know, what this signature is meaning, how are your genetics sort of influencing how you relate to stress and how you react to stress? So for example, um, so one of the, uh, the stress signatures is the, uh, the CEO signature. Okay. So as you know, I work a lot with uh, senior executives and seasoned leaders and uh, you know, it's getting to the point where we're reaching about 90% 
of clients who work in sort of those environments who actually have the CEO signature. Okay, so it's almost like every time without even needing to do the blood test, the, the DNA test, I can work it out. So if you have the CEO signature for stress, what you will find, and this would be true not just recently, but of your entire life, you know, from an early age, yeah. that you would be someone who basically feels pretty confident in themselves. Yeah. So as a kid, you might have been the one who was kind of, you know, uh, if the teacher said, right, dividing groups, like you'd be the one that kind of rallying people, right, we're going to do this, right, this is how the activity is going to go. So you kind of really attracted to position of leadership. Yeah, mm -hmm. it doesn't have to be in corporate, but just, you know, you feel comfortable, you know, being at the top. Yeah. So, yeah, taking the reins. You feel comfortable. And look, if truth be said as well, you feel like that's where you belong and not everyone does. Yeah. <laughs> so that's, that's my spot. That's where I belong. So what happens then with the signature is that you generally at baseline. So, you know, if you're given a project and stuff, you just you just get on with it. Yeah. No, no sweat, no stress. You just get on and just get stuff done. You tick things off. You've got good levels of internal motivation. Truth be said, you're probably quite a competitive person, you know, and if you're really honest with yourself, you will put yourself in the Taipei category of personality. And especially if you're male, because then you've got more hormone testosterone, which interacts with these genes, you are probably super competitive and you don't really like to lose. And you may have through the years, perhaps, you know, created this facade and you've worked out that no one likes a sore loser. So maybe like you've hacked yourself a little bit to kind of grit your teeth and go, no, that's okay that I've lost. But deep down, you know, you'd like to be a winner. Um, the other thing is uh, you probably have a tendency also to have high libido. Yeah, this is true for men and women, but again, more for more for men. And, um, and generally speaking, where you're at right now, you have some kind of position of responsibility. Mm -hmm. And if you're not, you're probably not feeling too great about it. Okay, for whatever reason, you're not. So that's, that's the if you like the balanced genetic side of the CEO stress signature. Okay. And then every side has if you like a shadow, it's a bit like yin and yang. Yeah. So depending on how balanced your life is in terms of and how matched to your genetics your life is, then you can either be in the space that I've just described. So, you know, good mental energy, good motivation, you know, great, good leader, all of those kinds of things, which are awesome. But if you have led your life and lived your life and you're currently in a job that throws a lot of curveballs at you, there's really high levels of stress. And so it's go, go, go all the time, lots and lots of responsibility then what happens is that you can actually flip into the shadow side of these genetics, which is constant rumination. So you're the kind of person that just, you just can't switch off. Yeah. Say if you go on holiday and you go for a week, it's probably going to take you at least three days to wind down. And most likely you will still just be checking things and thinking things through things through. Um, when you're really stressed, sleep is the first thing that goes and you struggle to fall asleep and then you wake up in the night having lots of thoughts. Uh, so you're always thinking solutions. So you're a solution driven person. And so what happens is that because your dopamine and your noradrenaline are building up and up and up because that's how these genes work, then what happens is that you can also start really living 
in the emotional sphere of frustration and anger. Mm -hmm. Okay. So there's a lot of frustration and anger in patients and um, there can be some anxiety, but it's, it's all up here. Okay. Cause these people have very active frontal lobes. Um, and so that, that can then have a negative impact. So I work with some clients who had this and they, you know, they really have to watch themselves because they start barking at people. So they start barking orders mm. and that, you know, that really undermines how people view you, you know, whether it's your friend or your teens, um, your colleagues. So that's the CEO. Then at the other end of the spectrum, we have the warrior. Okay. So they literally are the opposite, the polar opposites in terms of how their genetics work and how their chemicals work in the brain. So the warrior side is someone who, generally speaking, you know, you have been, you're generally more on the chilled side. Yeah. So you consider yourself sort of more, um, you know, go with the flow. You can still have perfectionist tendencies, but overall, you know, you're just quite comfortable. But what you know, especially as you age, is that you actually crave variety. And you always did, even as a kid. So changes in routine didn't phase you. You loved when, you know, things were kind of thrown out and things would be changed at the last minute. And you worked out in your adult life that, you know, if you don't, engineer variety in your schedule or even in your work day things can start feeling same same very quickly mm. and so what happens is that the shadow side for the warrior signature is that you know your mood can start going down so you're more prone to feeling low yeah you can't be bothered to do things you actually probably already know you're a procrastinator and you work really well with deadlines. But what happens with deadlines is even if someone gives you a very long into the future deadline, you know, you don't start working at it straight away. You leave it till the last possible minute and you fret in the meantime, they, oh, I should be doing this, I should be doing it, but you don't do it. Mm -hmm. But then when it comes to the crunch, you know, the last couple of days or even the last 12 hours, you're like, boom. So your focus gets turned on and you just get stuff done. And so for this signature, what's really interesting is that then they actually work really well under pressure. So making their diaries busy with lots of different kinds of activities allow them to function at their best. So while the CEO is kind of not sleeping and, uh, you know, feeling overwhelmed and angry and, you know, judgmental, the warrior side then really just engages it, engages. And so they feel alive, they feel on purpose, and they will still be feeling stress, but they just feel like they're the best version of themselves. And then in between, we have, um, you know, basically, if you like, is a combination of the two. And this is what I call the king or queen signature. So at genetic level, they're called that, you know, it's like they're in the sweet spot. Okay. So they have a little bit of both sides, but it means that generally they're balanced. So they've got good levels of self-motivation. They don't really tend to procrastination, but also they can take considerable amounts of stress. Yeah. They're quite, they're quite balanced. Now the downside for these types, for the, the king and queen type is that they can then go either way. 
Okay, so they need a little bit of everything. They need a little bit of pressure and feeling a bit stretched. They need a little bit of variety, but not as much as the warrior type. And they also need a bit of downtime, you know, from the CEO type. So, um, you know, and generally speaking, we have about, you know, 40% of the population that sit in the middle mm-hmm. with the king and queen. Based uh, off their DNA, right? Yeah. Based off their DNA in their, their signature. And, um, and then the other two are split in equal parts, so sort of equal percentage. So, um, yeah, so that's a, a good way that you can start working. I'll go, oh, yeah, I really see myself or, you know, often like, oh, I see my partner. My partner's a CEO for sure, you know. Yeah. Whenever he's stressed, always loses sleep, yeah. So, um, yeah, it's interesting to look at it from that perspective. Yeah, for sure. So to, for, for someone listening who really wants to, I guess, dive into this head first, how would they even go about getting that assessed? Would it be through, um, do, do they still do it how they send you like a sample and you've got to go do like a blood test and all? Is it still, is that how it gets done? Yeah, so there's lots of different ways to do it. There's lots of different um, labs and um, and then you will basically, you know, and then you basically get like a, a printed report that's sort of, they, they literally have stuff that's written. If you have this gene, then, you know, this is the information. So they're generally saliva-based swabs mm-hmm. and um, then, you know, not blood tests. So they're really easy to do. You know, you can actually do children as well because it's, you know, you just use like a, like a Q-tip and, you know, you rub it by the side of, of the gum. Mm-hmm. So they're pretty easy to do. Cool. All right. My next question is, if it's written in our DNA, does that mean we can't change? So if you're a through and through warrior, does that mean that's your destiny for life? Um, the good and the bad and and how do you kind of navigate around people who do want to say be the CEO type but are not yeah all right so um, so for me you know when when I do sort of you know the programs with my clients the first thing I say is like okay so particularly because I use words like the CEO warrior, you know, this is not on a scale in the sense that, you know, there isn't a ladder where one is best and one is worst. Yeah. Yeah. This is more about understanding who you are. And then that gives us a platform to start exploring your why. Okay. So I really truly believe that everybody is given a genetic toolkit for a specific reason. Yeah. So you've been assigned a mission. Okay, when you're born, but you don't know what that mission is. All you all you know is, you know, the, the only clues is how what your character traits are. Okay. And then you start interacting with the environment, how your parents treat you, you know, what you eat when you grow up, whether you've got terrible stresses, etc. When you do the DNA testing, then you start to understand a little bit more, like you look behind and you see that you've got all these different tools and you go, okay, that's really interesting. Why have I got that tool? You know, what what is that for? And so, you know, it's not about, so say like if we take Star Wars, it's not like everyone wants to be Han Solo, you know, everyone has a specific script. Mm-hmm. And so I think it's a really useful way to start asking deeper questions of what is my purpose in life? Why am I here? Why do I have this kit? Why do I have the, the kit that really increases my risk of chronic fatigue? You know, why have I experienced chronic fatigue? Why did I have to go through the, you know, the restriction that, you know, having that gave me and and you know within the context of covid of what we've experienced is then you 
and start thinking in terms of well actually you know on a mission yeah you are given you know specific challenges that you need to overcome and as you overcome the challenge you actually gain knowledge Mm. Yeah, you gain incredible knowledge, you gain, you know, incredible level of awareness, and that really makes you evolve as a person, so that you can then progress through the levels that are just true to you to your own mission, you know, they're not universal levels that you know, everyone needs to be CEO type, because yeah, yeah, everyone were CEO type, then you know, where are the people who are kind of chilling out and, and creating art, right, for us to enjoy. So, um, so what, what is true is that we can't change the toolkit that, that is, you know, who you are. So if you do have tendencies towards the anxiety, if you have the tendencies towards depression, and if you have tendencies towards really high stress levels under overwhelm, that is who you are. You can't change that. Yeah. But what you can change is how those genes manifest. So Mm -hmm. You could say have the CO gene and then you actually choose to, um, you know, go down the route of competition after competition. Everything's super competitive. You choose the most cutthroat industry, you know, like uh, investment banking to work in, for example. And then you push yourself to get up at four o'clock in the morning to go and, and do really punishing workouts. Yeah. And, you know, you get into this mindset that, you know, um, again, like winning is the best and you need to always, you know, you're never good enough unless you reach the next level. So all of those things are really going to aggravate your CEO genes. And so what they're going to do is they're going to crank up, you know, those chemicals even more so that then you totally become an absolute narcissist. So at the the spectrum of the CO gene, then we actually have narcissism. You know, we have bipolar disorder, we have schizophrenia. So it's all on a spectrum. Okay. So that is why we utilize that code to then create these personalized strategies that are just unique to Mm. you and utilize things like, well, look what, you know, uh, you, you, you're having a really high protein diet because you really want to bulk up, but you know, at genetic level, if you have so much tyrosine in your, uh, in your diet that comes from protein, you know, we can see your dopamine levels go through the roof. And then not only are you doing that, but then you're doing all the other CEO aggravating stuff. So how about we start working specifically for you? We're creating pauses during the day to allow your nervous system to come down, to allow, you know, your cortisol and adrenaline to, you know, to come down. So while we can't change, you know, the initial signature, yeah, we can change a lot of how we interact so that it's not so black and white. Yeah. And I guess um, just from what you're saying, it's about really leaning into the tools you've been given and yeah, you might be predisposed to certain things, but it's about how do you manage that? And you can, I guess, you know, if you have a tendency to respond to stress, it's like what tools can you supplement your existing set with to manage that? And yeah, I think that's great because I think that really honors everybody's individuality and uniqueness and says like you are who you are and that's great and you can you know understand that to a deeper level to really take your life experience up and beyond so i love that i'm actually looking forward to when i get mine tested and and working out where i sit on the spectrum i think it's going to be interesting um but just as a a bit of an overarching question in your whole experience with health science and all this dna stuff 
Do you, have you found any, I guess, habits or rituals that are beneficial to everybody, uh, no matter what genetic type you are? So is there anything that you would recommend to anybody, no matter what? Absolutely. I mean, and you can read any single blog on well-being and they all say the same things. Yeah. So, you know, we all need sleep. Uh, we need rest. We need play. Uh, we need, you know, an unprocessed diet. We need sunshine. We need connection. So all of those things are true regardless of the genetics. It's just that, you know, it's a lot of stuff to do all of it. Yeah. And certainly, you know, the majority or if not all of my clients you know, would really struggle to do absolutely everything. So uh, if you've got the time, absolutely, you, you can completely do that. The danger for me is also, you know, having um, met a lot of health zealots uh, in my life. The danger is that uh, I would always question any well-being or health habit or high-performance habit if you feel that you have become the slave to it, the slave of it. Yeah. yeah. So if you, um, you know, if you can never, you know, skip a boot camp class, yeah, um, in order to meet your friends, or you know, you never allow yourself to eat, you know, a couple of slices of bonafide pie in one sitting, or you know, and you start living your life with rigidity related to things that are positive, you know, well-being habits, I would really, really question. For me, that's alarm bells, and I've, I've had many conversations with people that are so black and white and they usually hang out in very specific communities. And to me that that is the same as someone then who becomes addicted to something like alcohol. It's yeah. an addiction and it's a, it's a way of refusing self. So it is no longer moving from a position of self-love yeah. and self-compassion. It's moving from a position of I'm not good enough and I need to punish me yeah, with, you know, fasting or ice baths or whatever it is, yeah, and I can never allow any cracks in that armour because mm. if I do, you know, what I would see is just too scary. And so people protect themselves with these behaviours and which reinforce their sense of identity around meaning, yes. Yeah? So I know who I am as long as I get up at 5am to go to the gym or, yeah. yeah. So that's the only thing I would say to, which I think is not really talked about very much um it's about it's about really ultimately it's all about self-love that's that's all it is it really is it's about letting go of the competition the ladder and really truly living in this sense of state you know of communion with self yeah i that's a fantastic point and it really comes down to being intuitive with yourself you know like we all know that exercise is great but if you're just so tired and you've had a massive week at work and you need to skip a session like that is okay that's what um your balance requires at that point in time and and i always like talking about balance as not only like an overarching thing about your life but it is a daily thing as well it's it goes up and down it fluctuates and changes but i really really like that tip that point whatever habit i guess you're engaging in it it's not that your lifestyle needs to fit into it it's it needs to fit into your lifestyle um, and I think, yeah, you definitely couldn't go wrong in that way. Um, look, I think we'll leave it there. I know you're a very busy woman. And so 
I'm very grateful to have had you um, for these 40 minutes or so and to be able to share this with everyone today. Um, if people want to reach out or get to know a little bit more or perhaps even engage you um, for what you do, how can they find you? Where's the best place? Uh, probably the best way to start is by, um, if you go to my, my website, alessandraedwards.com, you can um, you know, download 30 tips to increase energy and then uh, you will receive twice a month. I send out a short fortnightly note, which is basically about you know, behavior change, observations related to genetics. And then I give out a very quick two minute smart hack on basically you know, how to optimize ourselves, how to live you know, yeah. our best possible self. Yeah. Yeah. I'll definitely pop a link to that below and I do subscribe and, and read them every so often too. So they are definitely worthwhile doing. If anyone listening enjoyed this show, I would highly recommend um, subscribing as well, but thank you again so much for your time. Um, I'll let you go out and enjoy Melbourne now that you're all out and about and free to do so. <laughs> um, yeah, and I look forward to seeing you again in Sydney, speaking at whatever event you're at next. Thanks, Eric. It's been great. Thank you so much. My pleasure, my pleasure. And that's a wrap for this week, Balancers. Thank you so much for tuning in. I hope you found this episode useful to some degree in either steering or determining your definition of balance today. As always, the biggest compliment for us is if you share this episode with someone who you feel might need it, or if you're on Spotify, you can click follow or on Apple Podcasts, you can leave a rating or review. If you have any suggestions for up and coming podcasts, feel free to shoot us a DM or an email. Our Instagram is at the balance theory and our email is the balance theory podcast at gmail.com. Otherwise you've always got the option of subscribing to our mailing list. We only send you email reminders when the episodes drop. So you get them fresh out of the oven. No annoying spam. We promise. I hope you enjoy the rest of your week and until next time, stay balanced. Stop, stop, stop.